I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. This week, we're listening to I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You by Aretha Franklin. Yes, we are. Um, uh, are we in the groove? Did you drop the needle? More swing and a little bit of scotch, I think is what you're looking for, right? It's time for the Radio Free Jersey Record Club. So how are you, my friend? I'm well. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, very excited to be talking about this record. Yeah, it's um, a great one. It for uh, sure. it has been, <laughs> with everything going on right now in the world. This this record is, did exactly what music is supposed to do. It mm-hmm. has uh, it has brought me joy. It has brought me comfort. Um, mm-hmm. And I I I absolutely. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it here. Uh, for those of you who just. Uh, this is the first time you've ever heard the Radio Free Jersey Record Club. What we're going to do, we have, uh, Mike and I have spent the last week or so mm-hmm. listening to this particular record, I Never Loved yep. a Man the Way I Love You from Aretha Franklin. We're going to cover some stats on it, um, give you the lineup, and then we're going to have this conversation. So this is a book club, but with records, and we're yep. going to talk about the album and what it meant to us uh, yep, in a few, sure. you know, uh, different segments. Uh, yep. Again, we're going to start with the stats. We'll talk about uh, a little background of Aretha. Um, we'll go into our personal connections with this record, mm-hmm. uh, whether we believe it's trackable, and we'll explain right. what that is when we get into it. We'll yep. talk about the music and the lyrics and how everything sort of fits together. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about the cover, and then we'll talk about where the artist went after this record, and then yep. where we went, and where we, you know, what inspires us um, after the record and exactly the reason we are qualified to talk about uh, things like this is that <laughs> we are l- lifelong music fans yep. um, Mike and I have known each other for over 40 years yeah uh, we've we went to grade school together uh, we, we grew up in Verona New Jersey correct and yeah. uh, not where Action Park is Verona think surprise yes. kids that's Vernon we're Verona besides being music fans I have um Worked in radio and in podcasting for over almost thirty years now, uh-huh. um, so we are we are highly qualified individuals. Uh, <laughs> not that you need to be qualified to talk about music, so right? Exactly. Let's jump There's in to this. Uh, to the, the all right. So the uh, this record was released. On the 10th of March in 1967, it was Aretha Franklin's 11th studio album. This is her first album on Atlantic Records. It was recorded basically two months before it came out. Right. Now, let's let's just stop and think about that for a second, uh, Robert, because we we had a. Uh, we had this discussion before. Number one, this is her 11th studio album. Mm-hmm. Um, she had made 10 previous albums uh, recording under Columbia Records, correct? Correct. And those were mostly of the more the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, jazz singer, popular standards type stuff. Right. right? She started she started out as a gospel singer. Um, right. And, had, and then but but by, with Columbia crossed over into pop. Uh, popular music, um, but wasn't really doing soul. Didn't have a ton of hits when she was on Columbia Records. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, and the other thing you just mentioned there, this album came out March 10th, 1967. Uh, For those of you uh, who who know, uh, a certain uh, uh, cultural touchstone comes out on June 1st, 1967. That is the Beatles' 
Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So uh, this comes out before then, and you know this seems like a million uh, years away, uh, and yet somehow it's all related. Somehow it's all uh, you know it shares the same ethos in a way. Uh, but just a you know just just to show you what an amazing time the late 60s were uh in in the world of music and recording. oh absolutely very diverse uh let's take a look at the lineup here yep uh you have aretha franklin on piano and vocals uh spooner oldham uh keyboards mm-hmm. and piano jimmy johnson and chips moman on guitar yep. tommy cogbill yeah. on bass guitar uh gene chrisman and roger hawkins on drums yeah uh and then you're your horn section here is uh, Melvin Latiste on trumpet, Charles mm-hmm. Chalmers and King Curtis, yes. one of the best saxophone players ever, the, both of them playing tenor. Uh, Willie Bridges on barry sax, uh, Carolyn Franklin uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Emma Franklin. Her yep. sisters. Her sisters. Sissy Houston, a friend mm-hmm. uh, and fellow recording artist uh, provo- uh, providing background vocals. Uh, yep. It was produced by Rick Hall uh, and recorded at the Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Yes. Engineered by the legendary Tom Dowd. Yes. Who worked with the Allman Brothers. Worked, Mm -hmm. I mean, just a ton of people. Yes. Um, Especially out of the Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals. Um, you know, famous started kind of in the, the soul world, but then, you know, produced a ton of, did he do, um, Derek and the Dominoes? Yes. Um, yeah, his, uh, I can't remember. It was probably in, it was probably 20 years ago that there was a, um, a documentary on time Dowd That was amazing. A really good documentary, which is, you just reminded me, I, I want to go back out and find it, but yes, uh, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, if that sounds familiar for anybody who, um, who's heard the song Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Uh, they mention in Muscle Shoals, they love the governor. Um, <laughs> right. And that's on the, that is that the, the one, the, the small sliver of, or like almost uh, kind of the Gulf Coast yeah. area-ish? Yep, yep. Um, exactly. Uh, and and a, just a very fertile place for mm-hmm. for making music. A little yes, background exactly. on Aretha Franklin before we get into the track listing here. She was born on the 25th of March in 1942 in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. Then grew, spent some time in Buffalo, but is most known for her formative years in Detroit. Right. Uh, her father was a, a preacher. Right. Uh, and the daughter a, of a preacher, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, 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 and she has uh, lots of half siblings step sibling or half siblings out there mm-hmm. he was he was rather not only prolific with his word but with other things too yes. uh, Aretha got her start as a gospel singer and then moved into secular music in 1960 which is when she signed to Columbia Records she had some hits during that Columbia time but never really broke through so in 66 she left uh, Columbia Records and moved to Atlantic Records mm-hmm. in January of 67 goes down to Muscle Shoals Alabama does two tracks uh, within a couple of days there I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You the title track of the record and uh, Do Right Woman Do Right Man her then husband got into a fight with the uh, studio's owner the session ended mm-hmm. uh, Atlantic took the two songs put them out as singles which basically uh, uh, I Never Loved a Man shot right to number one mm-hmm. b-side went into the top 40 uh, uh wexler sends her back to um to alabama to finish um the record uh mm-hmm. what's the track listing here 
track listing um respect <laughs> drown in my own tears i never loved a man the way i love you soul serenade don't let me lose this dream baby 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 dr feel good love is a serious business uh good times do right woman do right man save me a change is gonna come respect which is a cover but yep. few people even know that it's a it's an otis redding cover uh it right? is an otis redding cover um, um I, I have a recording, I believe, of Otis Redding playing it at the Monterey Pop Festival. Yep. Where he says, this is a song I recorded, but Aretha stole from me. And <laughs> he doesn't think he's going to be able to get it back now. <laughs> right. Right. And it's truly one of the, you know, according to all music, is one of the, the seminal singles in, in pop history. Without a doubt. Um, the, the I, I think the only complaint some people might have about it is that you've probably heard it a billion times. That's true. That's true. But uh, I, it doesn't. It didn't lose any of its luster. No, uh, not at all. Uh, uh, when I yes, when I listened sure. to this, look, um, the, the, the album got um, very critical of praise. Uh, if you've listened to our other podcast of all mm-hmm. time, where we talk about lists. Yep. Um, that is available everywhere where you get podcasts. Uh, yep. Yesterday's yep. episode, uh, yep. we, we dropped that show on, on Mondays, if you haven't listened to Of All Correct. Time, which we encourage you to do. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 greatest albums of all time. Yep. And this particular record was number 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, very coincidental, cosmically, the way these two things uh, uh, came together. So Exactly. Yep. How did you come to this record? Like a lot of people, I came to Aretha Franklin just by hearing it on the radio. And then I bought um, one of two compilations. I remember buying a double CD compilation, like Aretha's Greatest Hits or Greatest Recordings. Um, And there was a single disc one as well. I don't remember nearly as well. I remember having and playing a lot of the uh, double CD version, probably, I want to say in the late 90s, early 2000s, kind of before the the world of, uh, you know, digital uh, downloads and the like. But then... um, Probably about 10 years later, late uh, 2007, 2008, uh, a lot of my friends were going through the phase of digitizing all their CDs and putting them on, uh, you know, putting them in MP3 format and then putting them on hard drives and uh, doing a swap with my friend Barry. And he had all of like the first, you know, three or four, maybe even five um, Atlantic albums all together for Aretha. So when I was, I would give him my collection and he would take what he didn't have. And I remember grabbing uh, those from him and uh, putting them on, uh, you know, my hard drive and listening to him that way. So that's the first time I ever listened to the album itself. Uh, prior to that, I just knew a lot of these songs from the greatest sets compilation. So I knew obviously respect uh, never loved a man the way that I love you. Doctor feel good. Do right woman. Do right man. And um, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But uh, I knew a lot of these songs as well from covers. Like change is gonna come. I knew that as somebody else performing that. I knew um, Soul Serenade. Uh, there's also a good Allman Brothers story about Soul Serenade mm-hmm. that we can get into as well. But yes, so 
And you, Robert? Well, uh, somewhat similar. Uh, I'm familiar with Aretha Franklin uh, through my parents, through mm-hmm. a uh, through WCBS FM in yeah. New York, uh, through which was an oldies station. Of course. Um, through WNEW, certainly Scott Muni playing Aretha, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, my parents were into soul music, so I, yep. I kind of fell into that. A couple of Atlanta Records compilations from the, around this time, 67, 68. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some, I, I think the hits were on those. Yep. Um, you know, that that's where I just really got into uh, Ray Charles yep. thing. Um, and then... You know, I was a kid listening to my parents' records, but I, I, and then Aretha had a resurgence in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was just She going covered to, uh, Jumpin' Jack Flesh, yeah. uh, you know, Who's Zoom and Who, Freeway yep. of Love yep. was an MTV hit. What was uh, the, um, didn't she do a duet with George Michael? Yes, that was, we I were in college. You were waiting for yeah, me? Yep, yep. That was much, that was later. I mean, we were in high school or college, right? Um, so uh, Freeway of Love, Pink Cadillac, that that one. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and then she, yeah, right. She covered she covered Springsteen's Pink Cadillac, mm-hmm. um, or Cadillac. What cemented it, I think, for me and wanted me to that made me want to go back. Uh, I probably saw this in junior high school for the first time was okay. when she played Matt Guitar Murphy's um, wife in the <laughs> Blues Brothers yeah. and performs. The Greasy Spoon. And the Greasy Spoon, and they perform. I got two white ki- kids that want four whole fried chickens and two pieces of white toast. Um, Jake Elwood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then they, she does Think. Uh, you know, she basically covers herself uh, yep. uh, do, doing Think for that. Um, I had, so I knew the songs. And well, I know I had the record on one point, and I said that on on yesterday's on the of all time podcast. But uh, I don't think I I was familiar with it in its entirety until we started listening to it. Outside of the hits, um, which over the years I had come to um, the commitments do a great version of of uh, do right woman do right man. Yep. Uh, and I never loved a man uh, the mm-hmm. way I loved you. Uh, I believe. Maria Doyle Kennedy sings lead on both of those in those, okay. but, you know, and then other people cut right. The, the, the Allman Brothers doing a cover of Soul Serenade and mm-hmm. and and exactly. all of that sort of stuff. So it, um, you know, that's sort of my connection uh, uh, to this particular record. Let's move into tracking now. For yeah. me, I found this was a very easy album to track. It, for sure. I didn't find I I had to. I did try it twice on Spotify yep. where I let it just. Uh, shuffle on uh-huh. its own um, yep. and, and was not jarring to me. The sequencing okay. is good. Sequencing is, is normally important, but for I don't think it needed to be sequenced here. For but this sure. is a great record to listen to, especially as I mentioned at the top of the show with all the kind of bullshit going on in the world right now. This is a great right. record to just like, uh, I need a palate cleanser from news. Um, and <laughs> sure. uh, Aretha's voice really does sort of let you hop on it and float away. Right. And then when you get to side two, I dare you to not uh, t- tap your toes here. And what did you feel, Mike, about yeah, I, I, tracking I, this, this? this? The same thing. I, I I could definitely put it on, relax, and listen to it, and I enjoyed it. But I didn't get um, a specific 
theme from the tracking and that which is fine when you have uh, you know kind of like w- as we discussed in our tom petty show when you have that many great hits sometimes you just a great song is a great song and it doesn't have to fit into an album uh per se it doesn't have to you know stick to a, a particular theme or all sound the same they're just amazing songs and you know, I there maybe um, there's one or two I would skip, but for the most part, I really like that. I I really love the Sam Cooke version of "Change Is Gonna Come," uh, so I don't like hers as much, but it's still great. It's still a, a great song, and she does an amazing version of it, and her voice voice is beautiful on it. Um, but yes, definitely trackable, um, and uh, definitely something I could go back and you know uh, pretty much at any time just go back and listen to and listen to all the way through so we move into music and lyrics what stood out to you as we listened this time that maybe didn't stand up before i i just thought the, the whole album I, not as much as the lyrics as much as the the music and every song was produced well sounds great the playing is amazing the voices sound great instrumentation is all done super well just a very very well done album and it sounds amazing it sounds like you would want soul music to sound it just Mm -hmm. it's a it's an amazing experience overall as somebody who loves lyrics and loves breaking down lyrics, uh, uh, the funny thing is, I like they're almost secondary to me in in this version. I, I just love listening to her sing. I don't mm-hmm. really care as much what she's singing about. You know, I I agree with most of that. Like most soul music, your your interlocking theme there is finding love, losing love, uh, especially now soul music of this particular time. You're also getting into social change. Certainly change is going to come. Respect became a, a, a power anthem yep. of yep. not only the women's movement, um, right. but at, uh, the civil rights movement as well. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Um, specifically on the production side of this, you know, I, I, I like you said, I love the way Jerry Wexler produced this because at the time you've got this and and I do not like Phil Spector. I do not like the way he produced. Uh, He ruined Let It Be. Um, He just over the top. It's too almost bombastic in in the way that Spector does. It's bombastic and it just sounds... I I don't know. Dirty is the right term, but it just sounds muddled. Whereas this sounds so clean. It is. It's a joy to listen to. And... and the limitations of the recording technology in 1967. Correct. Uh, yeah. Aretha's voice peaks a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is why, uh, you know, if you listen to this on Spotify, you get to hear some stereo mixes um, right. that sound a little bit different uh, than, than the traditional mono mix you may be aware of. I think they were radio singles. Mm-hmm. You know, the the arrangement doesn't overpower. Again, really love the way Wexler put this together. I, I was spe- specifically drawn to Tommy Cogville's powerful yet simple bass lines through the album. I've been actually trying to uh, play some of them because they're nice. very simple. And it, it is a defining soul album. Yeah, for uh, sure. With these little sort of, um, you know, you mentioned her Sinatra-esque sort of period. Um mm-hmm in on Columbia Records, which was Sinatra's label at the time, um, right. you get this bossa nova tune like Don't Let Me Lose This Dream, mm-hmm. but it's 
I, is, I don't know if Bossa Soul is a thing, um, but but it's also got a little Bacharachian, you know. Yeah. And she would later go on to do. Um, For sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, blanking on the the, the uh, say a little prayer. Yes, exactly. Bacharach, yeah. And you get the you know something like Doctor Feelgood harkens mm-hmm. back to her gospel. Time, you know, yeah. uh, time without a so, doubt, and you know, change is going to come. I, I think at one point, I th- think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I, the story is that she was because Sam Cooke also started similarly, like her singing mm-hmm. gospel music. Well, he's the one who told her to go over to uh, yes. uh, Columbia, right? So, I think she had either toured with him or performed on similar bills with him, so knew him. So, um, he had the hit with a change is going to come mm-hmm. and uh you know yeah and and you could still see and hear the um the gospel influence in her recording and uh, on a song like that so we move in here to the cover of the record it's a very yep. simple uh, you know of the era you know yep. uh, c- sort of stylized almost calligraphied writing uh aretha is looking down and away from us with mm-hmm. some smoky haze in the lower right hand corner you know one could almost imagine uh it's how she looks when she's singing these songs really right. zoned in uh you know f- singing from her soul to ours you yeah, know sure. uh, i think the, the cover captures that Along with the sadness that is contained in some of mm-hmm. these lyrics, I think it is. Look, it's a very simple. Wasn't it, again, as you mentioned at the top of the show, when you when you take this record and the three months later you have a Beatles record, mm-hmm. Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, where people poured right. over that. Um, right. the cover. lyrics, the this, cover. This, they, yep. this cover is not meant to be stared at necessarily while you yep. listen to the record. The music is going to speak for itself where something like Sgt. Pepper becomes a, a what the kids now call an experience. Right, for sure. <laughs> where do we go from here, yes. right? So after, as far as Aretha, mm-hmm. in 1968, she released two records, uh, Lady Soul and Aretha Now, yep. earns her first two Grammy Awards uh, mm-hmm. coming off of this particular record in February of 1968. Now, so she'd always been uh, in the civil rights movement. Uh, she became friends with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Um, and in February of 1968, months before Dr. King was assassinated, Aretha Franklin was awarded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference Drumbeat Award for musicians okay. and was given the award by um, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Um, she stays on Atlantic Records until 1979, moves over to Clive Davis's Arista Records, where she was from 80 through 2017. We talked about her being in the Blues Brothers, had a string of hits in the 80s and 90s, more on the R&B charts than necessarily in pop Mm -hmm. comes back in 1998 Pavarotti was supposed to perform at the 98 Grammy Awards uh, (laughs) Nessun Dorma yeah and literally the award ceremony is in progress they can't find him he calls and says I'm too sick to perform Uh, Aretha was there to perform with Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi uh, mm-hmm. For a Blues Brothers, uh, you know, retrospective yep. or something in the Grammy yep. Awards, uh, and they go, ah, "Can you whip up something?" And she said, "Well, what did the orchestra perform?" And they <laughs> said, "This Nessum Dorma." She goes, "Well, let me hear Pavarotti's rehearsal tape." So mm-hmm. they played the rehearsal tape for once. She goes, "I can do it in the. I can do it in that key." <laughs> and she had performed the song somewhere else recently, right. yep. uh, like, you know, within a week before at another function. Amazing. Goes out there, knocks 
I mean, it is the highlight. Nobody else remembers anything from the 1998 Grammys except for this performance. Right. Um, and then, you know, one of the last public performances that she had, uh, of course, uh, which unfortunately a lot of young people had more commentary over her hat, right. uh, was singing My Country Tis of Thee at uh, President Obama's inauguration. Right, right. In 2019. Um and then she passes away on October 13th, 2018, at the age of 76. So where do you go after this? What, it, what inspired you from this record? When I first started getting into the Allman Brothers, uh, right around the time the Allman Brothers box set Dreams came out, um, they had this, uh, they had, I think it was from an old WPLJ recording. Uh, I think they used to record out of some sound studio in Long Island and they had a, uh, basically a very intimate performance space. Uh, so this is probably Dwayne Allman is still in the band at this point. So this is 1970, 71, something like that. And, uh, they, uh, it starts by Dwayne Allman talking about King Curtis, who Robert mentioned before, uh, here is the uh, saxophone player. And, um, it talks about how King Curtis was shot and killed and about his funeral where Aretha came and sang soul serenade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that led me to a listen to King Curtis's version of soul serenade. And then that led me to listen to Aretha Franklin's version of soul serenade and uh, tie it all together. So me listening to the Allman brothers got me both into King Curtis, uh, his King Curtis live at the Fillmore West album is amazing. And then listen to some parts of Aretha that I didn't know as well. And this was in like 95, 96 ish. Um, so uh, I, I just think it, it, it's, she's, uh, for me, just especially in that classic era, what you were saying, this album, Lady Soul, Aretha Now, just an amazing collection, uh, just an artist basically hitting her stride and at the top of her game and amazing. And it, it's funny uh, to try to square that with uh, the one I knew in the 80s and, you know, singing with George Michael and and uh, and singing Pink Cadillac and all, all those things. Uh, but uh, I... I just a, a an amazing album and an amazing uh, an amazing lady with an amazing voice and a great musician. I like the way you put that. I think for me, what I took out of this listen was that that I, I really have a a hunger and a craving to go back to more soul music. Yeah, um, I, I want to explore a little more Sam Cooke. You know, kind of mm -hmm. revisit. Uh, sure. Sam and Otis and Wilson Pickett, mm -hmm. um, but I know Sam. I just kept getting the Sam Cooke vibe in my head uh, yeah. when I put the record down and you know go do something else. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, Sam Cooke is gonna, you know, it's gonna pop up there. So all right, <laughs> all right. Right, but that was uh, that was fun. I I hope uh, if if anything, if 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 we, even if we have a handful of people listening to our show, this show, that those people then go out and listen to this album because it it is an amazing album. It is well worth your time and well worth listening to. And it's uh, just um, it's I I still get, go back and think I'm blown away. This is her first uh, Atlantic album, her but her eleventh album overall, and right. just uh, what a, what an accomplishment it was. Yes, I agree with everything you said. Yes, please, <laughs> please go. You know, you should pick up a little. You know, go listen to the record. That's that's what yeah. we're here. This is uh, we like it. We give it the uh, uh, stamp of uh, approval. Not that it needed that at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
where can they find us, buddy? Where, where can they find us? You can find us on social media. Uh, both Twitter and Instagram are both at the same, at Radio Free Jersey. Uh, and on our website, RadioFreeJersey.com. And uh, some changes uh, soon coming there to make listening to these shows uh, much easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please give this particular show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It it will help more people discover it. Uh, And, of course, the very best way for you to uh, spread the word, of course, uh, if you like the show, is to uh, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell a friend anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've (laughs) got an idea for a particular show, album that we should be listening to uh please hit us up uh on the aforementioned twitters thanks for listening everybody radio free jersey record club is written and produced by michael marinello and robert mathers music by alibi i'm craig peterson for exit 30 media stay safe stay classy and vote